Turn show radio. We're without Joey today. Joey is uh, in absentia. So it's me, your boy, at 3K underscore and Robbo at Seattle Rams underscore NFL. What's up, man? Uh, I'm doing great, but didn't we hear that Joey is uh, was caught shoplifting cookies from Keys and Van Nuys and they're holding him for questioning? Is that what happened? I, I think Augie was hungry, needed a snack. He ran over real quick to get, to get to get a cookie and, and they busted him. He was having bought a car in seven years. I'm always interested in what happens in these situations. And, and my local grocery stores, they have like a little basket of fruit for the kids for free. What happens? What happens if like you're an adult and you take one, or if your kid takes like three fruit? What is the enforcement policy here? What happens? Uh, I think you're banned for 30 days of no longer being able to use the uh, express lanes at the checkout. You have to stand in line with everybody else, even if you just have one item. Like, what if you go in there and t- what if the keys on Venice and take all the cookies? What happens? Well, that's it. You can't buy a car from us. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, damn. Or maybe they make you buy a car. No, no, no. <laughs> they make you. Sign a lease before you walk out of here. That's an expensive ass cookie. <laughs> exactly right. Well, we got football, Robbo. The Rams are now one zero uh, in pretty, I should say, unusual and uh, at times sloppy fashion. But a result is a result. The Rams are one zero. Um, played a pretty good Cardinals team. Um, whoa, 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 whoa. Who? Cardinals, Panthers. I think I looked at Carolina, and I, maybe it's my obsession with Kyler. I'm obsessed. Now. Uh, Rams, Panthers. You guys all knew who I was talking about. Um, here's a box score. Let's look at this. Jared Goff, pretty bad day in terms of performance. Pretty bad day in terms of the uh, final box score line. 186 yards, 23 of 39 on passing, one TD, one interception. Gurley had 14 carries for 97. Malcolm Brown. We'll get to this. 11 carries for 53 and the two touchdowns. Uh. The receiving, understandably, was pretty spread. Uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup got the majority of it. Um, Brandon Cooks came a little bit behind. Uh, Tyler Higby had four catches for 20 and that touchdown. Um, Gerald Everett, just that one bobbling catch. Gurley only had one himself. A couple fumbles. Jared Goff, uh, the two from uh, Todd Gurley. And then the defense, uh, Corey Littleton, 14 tackles. John Johnson, 11. Littleton had a lot to go with those tackles, too, with the, the fumble recovery, the interception he had a hell of a game i wouldn't be surprised if he gets defense player of the week um for carolina it was a little bit funkier cam newton had 239 yards but no touchdown had the one interception to littleton 25 of 38 christian mccaffrey was an absolute beast 19 carries for 128 two touchdowns on the ground then he had 10 catches for 81 in the passing game uh dj moore was their other good weapon uh in in the air but greg olson curtis samuel and jarius wright didn't get a ton done um, they had their two fumbles, the one that Corey Littleton punched out, and then technically the Cam Newton fumble was that uh, backwards pass that we scooped up, which led to a touchdown, thankfully. But their defense didn't have the greatest game. They uh, only had that one sack from Jermaine Carter, didn't get a ton of pressure. Um, we'll talk about that offensive line. Let me put that in there, too. But obviously the headliner there has to be the running back situation. Let's start there. Were, were you surprised that it was Malcolm Brown instead of Daryl Henderson? Were you surprised that Todd Gurley got so little work early on? What was your uh, view of how things went for the running backs? I was not surprised uh, it was Malcolm Brown because, you know, he wasn't used a ton last year before his injury, but he was used. And when he was in there, he was effective, right? He, I think he made the most of his work last year, and it looks like he's picking up where he left off after an injury. Uh, if, if he hadn't been hurt, you would never have seen C.J. Anderson last year because they believe in Malcolm Brown. They like him on third down. He's surprisingly decent in the passing game as far as a, as a receiver. Uh, if you remember the highlight play last year going down the sideline, tiptoeing uh, for a big guy, he's pretty agile. And he kind of—I I tweeted that yesterday. He, he reminded me of, of CJ, just running up between the tack, between the guards, punch it in there, um, show some strength, and 
and I think I think they're uh, they're happy with him, which is why they you know makes sense they brought him back. I'm, you know, as far as the usage of Gurley, I was a little surprised because you know all offseason we've it's been the big question mark. Gurley, Gurley, then it's, you know in the summer it's, well, don't worry about Kyle Gurley, he's gonna be fine. You know we're, we're gonna manage his stuff, and then Sean Bay comes out and talks about him not being on a pitch count when he obviously was on a pitch count because they him every other series for Malcolm Brown. Um, so maybe a small surprise there, but, you know, that's one of those fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. So it's shame on me because why am I listening to Sean McVay and Todd Gurley when we know they haven't been truthful about it in the first place? Yeah, it was uh, – Malcolm Brown looked good, man. And I, I get the idea that he's clearly good enough to take on this role. I think what's strange is that he never has before. They, they avoided ever giving him this opportunity to do so. And it's just unusual, right? That was what I wrote on the piece on the site is – not that there's necessarily anything wrong with it, right? The, he looked good. Todd Gurley looked fantastic in the final two drives. And if we're serious about, you know, exposing Gurley to less vulnerability by rushing him less, this is going to be one way to do it. And I think it worked pretty well yesterday. The point, though, is that we've never done it with Malcolm Brown before, and he's been sitting there the whole time. Yeah. He's been, he's been, he came in the league with Todd Gurley five years ago, right? So it's not like he's new to this team. And uh, with the exception of what he missed, he missed uh, like the final six or so games last year. Uh, he's been a constant. He knows Sean McVay's offense. He's not. This isn't anything new to him. He's not new to the team. He and, uh, and TG have a lot of respect for each other. You see that stuff, at, you know, the by play on, on social, or whatever. I, yeah, it's it's a new role for him. But I think I think that's kind of what CJ Anderson provided last year when it, you know when he came in and, and spelled Gurley and, and at times took over his job. It was like you know what. We have a guy who's kind of like that. As long as you know, he's he's maybe it's more about the offensive line and the, and the run game design. But we can bring a guy off the couch. Why can't we just use the guy who's been here and has shown that he, when you know, given his limited opportunities, he can do the same thing. Um, somebody who didn't make the most of their opportunities yesterday, Jared Goff. He got paid in a major way uh, the offseason after the Rams' offense floundered in the Super Bowl, and his first game back looked quite reminiscent of Week One against the Raiders last year, which is to say, not good. At all, man. I kind of wish we had Joey to face the music on this one because that's his boy. KG <laughs> did not look strong yesterday. No, he really didn't. He looked – well, he was throwing – I mean, was that a product also of pressure? Because remember, he's he has two new starters up front who haven't seen a lick of playing time in the preseason. And uh, Brian Allen at center and Joe Newcomb at right at left guard. Uh, and there was pressure at times up the middle from those spots. And so – uh, you know, it's it's pretty noted that, that Jared Goff doesn't like people rushing at him in, in his face. He doesn't have a chance to step out of the pocket, so he's throwing off his back foot. And he's sailing balls. I think the biggest one that was uh, illustrated during the game was the uh, was that out to the left on uh, with Robert Woods when he's wide open. Yeah, and he was missing guys, but he was also missing. He was he was forcing throws late in the game when he you know he had other options open. Oh uh, yeah, he's gonna he he'll he'll get some some criticism, not as much because they won. Uh, from national guys, but you're gonna, you'll see the the Keen Ferries and those guys at the Doug Ferrars pointing out that you know Goff maybe wasn't very good and he's not worth the contract. We'll see. It's, as you mentioned, and he started off rough last year in, in the opener. They were better in the second half, and he was you know they were better as a team in the second yeah. half, largely due to the running game. Uh, so I think the narrative is is quelled a bit because they did get the W. I think it's also fair to point out that the Panthers are really good, man. They got a great front seven, the good team yeah. overall. They're well coached, and we can talk about that on their offense too. But even defensively, that's not a bad team. So I'm not I'm I'm not necessarily surprised that Jared Goff struggled. I don't think it's the end all be all. Like you said, uh, he improved over the course of the season last year. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens immediately next week. We'll have to see. But uh, 
Obviously not the best performance from Jerry Goff. It was, though, pretty good performance from somebody who's back on the field, Rob. A guy you kind of, am I tapping the table hard enough for you to hear this? What's that guy's name? Old Pooper. Old Pooper. Old Pooper Sup. Some some kid from a small school. Uh, oh, cop! They literally, he literally had what four targets in the first four they, plays. What the? Heck? They did. Were you more surprised that they didn't? When was the first time they ran the ball? Their second series? I don't think they ran the ball in their entire. No, I think it was the third because he we had yeah. seven passing attempts before we. I think it was the third. It um, you know maybe not because you if you go back to last year before we added C.J. Anderson. If you look at the games where Todd Gurley had a pretty significant decrease in his carries, it wasn't because anybody else was getting the carries. It's because we were just passing the ball more. So one of the things I was interested in this year was if if you want to get Todd Gurley away from the running game to preserve his knee, yes, you can get Malcolm Brown in there, but you can also just pass the game. And so I think pretty clearly they didn't want to get Todd Gurley involved early on. And you can do that with Malcolm Brown or you could do that with the pass. And I think that was uh, the easier way to do it. And it, Worked to some success, uh, although the problem was that Jared Goff thereafter got a little bit shakier. And uh, like you mentioned, that right. Woods throw was just kind of – you could feel all of Rams Twitter collectively groaning when you saw him miss that one. You guys signed a huge deal, and you wanted to come out and light it up so you could point and go, see, he's totally, he's completely worth all that money. You guys know what you're talking about. He's lighting it up. It, it's hard to, to thump your chest when, when he's going 23 of 39 for a buck 86 uh, in a pick. Yeah. And that pick was not – that pick wasn't – oh, well, he just got – I mean, that was a bad throw. He yeah. Threw it, breaking around and he threw it way behind him. Timing was off. Um, now, does that have anything to do with timing as difference in a game when you have people in front of you as, a, as opposed to against air? Maybe. But that was just not – it was not good. It just wasn't good. But if you can get a W on the road and not be good, we'll take it. Here's a question for you. Did the Rams pay Tyler Higby – for the kind of touchdown catch that he had last year, and that's it. He didn't have a great guy. He had four catches for 20 yards in the touchdown. But I feel like that's his role is just to – not often, not to be a statistical leader in fantasy or anything like that, but Goff likes him, and he's reliable for a little bit every now and then that can be good enough. Is that exactly what they paid him for? Because to me it kind of feels like – Yeah, it. like a little security blanket. I think security blanket one is Cooper Cup, and one one B – so it's maybe one A and one B is is uh, Higgs. Who do you look to on the biggest two plays of the of the year before uh, right. Lakers kick the field goal? Right, yep. he's got guys on his face. He he has his quick outlet. Both times went to Higgs, so it's not bad to get your designated driver uh, paid. Here's a really good feel good story for this, and it was. Most people's biggest concern going into the season, it wasn't mine, it was my third biggest concern, but most people's biggest concern was the offensive line. You had Andrew Whitworth getting a year older, Blues Roger Saffold and John Sullivan put in note boom and Brian Allen, third and fourth round picks who barely played it all in the rookie season. You got Austin Bly, that right guard, had some tough games last year. Overall, the offensive line did pretty damn good. And I thought they got better as the game went on. Early on, you could see, I mean, as you mentioned a second ago, uh, that's a pretty good defense, and that front might be really, across the board might be the most talented front physically that you see. Or I mean, they're huge. They, they had a Jared McCoy to a group that was already pretty darn good. Uh, you know, Julius Peppers left, but you put McCoy in. There's not a lot of drop off there. Uh, so yeah, you've got you had some beef up front, and uh, I thought they got better as the game went on. And, and coincidentally, so did Todd Gurley. Yeah, the run blocking was pretty good. And Malcolm Brown, Todd Gurley had that huge hole to run through at the beginning of the third quarter where he didn't get touched. He was just, what was it, 25 right. yards, I think? 
Uh, and there was just plenty of room for him to run. And then obviously he got hot in those final two drives where he was making it happen. It wasn't really the offensive line, but they gave some stuff to Malcolm Brown too. I was impressed. Uh, and for a first game where things could have gone much worse against a really talented front seven, that was about as good as a performance as we could have asked for, I thought, and uh, to get it. Yeah, and probably deserves more credit than what we're getting, what a lot of people are giving him on a day where golf played so poorly and we still scored 30 points. Did you notice the uh, the slight change in some of their uh, blocking schemes uh, in the run game? They went a little more trap? I didn't. Guys? I didn't. I'd have to go back and look, but I didn't pick up on that. I mean, I didn't, I don't remember seeing it all last year. It was basically inside go- uh, zone, right? Right, 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 right. Center, inside zone, zone. Uh, here we got some polls, especially, I mean, look at the the best play of the game, or I should say the best play, but the, my favorite play of the game, uh, offensively for the Rams, was the inside handoff to Robert Woods. That was a funky little play. Call. Yeah, like it was pretty. You had, a, you, had the, you had the jet sweep motion of Cooks come across the formation, so the, you know, the linebackers laying up that. Uh, Goff takes the handoff. Gurley go, moves to the outside. He, he goes to fake the toss, and in, in comes Robert Wood breaking from the stack. Which foreign country do you think Sean McVay was in when he drew that one up? Was he in, was he in France? <laughs> I think he might have been in the Ukraine. <laughs> but, uh, but you had a pull on that one. You, he, followed, he followed right behind Joseph yeah. Boom. Perfect timing. And there was a trap I noticed before that earlier. So I'm like, wow, these guys are actually pulling and, and using – is it something that they do at TCU? I didn't think so. Are they more of a run and shoot kind of thing, or maybe uh, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I, I want to kind of start watching for that as, as the season goes on, see if we see some more traps and pull. And let them get a little. You know, they're going to come up with something different. Sure. They weren't going to do exactly the same thing they did all last year, um, and so that was that play was it was good design. It, it caught Keekley, one of the best linebackers in all of football, completely off footed. He was he was two feet to his right, and, and Robert Woods just gone off to the races. It was really well done. It's, uh, it's something we'll have to you know watch for as we go on through the year. What was interesting was how Carolina set up when they had the bowl. Um, they had a very obvious game plan to deal with Aaron Donald where they were doubling him all game. Um, they had quick Wait, passes. But, but, I, I heard from everybody about how bad Donald played. He wasn't even on the stretch sheet. I know. Right? Football is complicated. Um, <laughs> what was great was the – that a they assigned so much to him that they had a couple plays where Dante Fowler got to benefit from it. The twist where Dante nobody blocked him; they just forgot about Dante Fowler, so he had a free lane to get the sack. Or one, I don't, I don't know what they were thinking with this setup where they had everybody assigned to Aaron Donald, which left Christian McCaffrey on Dante Fowler. Christian McCaffrey's a great running back. I'm not sure he can block Dante Fowler. He's a little bit larger. Um, I think we they, found his. They, yeah, exactly. It's blocking defensive ends. Um, yeah, their game plan was obvious. Cam Newton, uh, as of right now, going into Monday Night Football, had the lowest amount of time per pass. He was the quickest passer in the NFL. It was clear that they wanted to avoid Aaron Donald. They wanted to avoid pass pressure. They did overall. I thought Dante Fowler had a really bad game. I know there's that uh, advanced, that next-gen stats that had him having eight pass rushes. What do you think about the D? Obviously, Corey Littleton had a fantastic game, and we know – the secondary is talented. Your boy Taylor Rapp looked fantastic. What do you think about the defense on the day? Oh, I thought their best player was uh, was Clay Matthews, who had the prettiest sack of the day. <laughs> what was game I don't know if that was a miscommunication or what. What the hell? They, they the had hell? a preseason. They played their starters in the preseason, and they still had a snap where I don't know if Cam was handing it off to nobody or if it was a play action to nobody. I don't know, but that was 12 men on the field because they clearly had a ghost out there with them. True, true, true. I mean, it, I merely thought of you and, and your, your mantra about sacks to mean nothing because that was a freebie. <laughs> Dante Fowler had a freebie when you know 
if you're going to dictate or, or dedicate two to three people on Aaron Donald, you better have guys win when they're going against air and or a running back. Uh, <laughs> so luckily they did in those instances, and, and you know they they like turn the ball over and, and they were able to stop them on third down. What were they on third down? Uh, stops the top of my head, but they had a number of stops on that was pretty good. Um, who else I thought stood out? Uh, you mentioned Wilson with the with the force fumble. You know they showed after they came back from the break, he, you know, perfect job of punching the ball out. Uh, scooping it up, and then the, the pick, well, I thought it was even prettier, reading, reading Cam and coming off his guy yeah. and, and snapping in front of the ball. And thank you, Marcus Peters, for the stupid penalty, which cost us three points on that drive. Um, but for the most part, they didn't really – it didn't feel like, outside of Chris McCaffrey, that they were threatening right. us. I know that DJ Moore had a couple for 76. Uh, I think Chris Samuel had a, a pretty nice game. Uh, and, but Greg Olson was almost taken out of the game, uh, even with Weddle missing. Uh, which was, you know, a big storyline because he's the guy who who lines the Rams up in defense. He's the new, you know, the the, the guy with the green sticker. Like I said, um, they were able to supplement with Marquis Christian and 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 rap and and play pretty well, except for the final, you know, the final what four minutes when we had a little pucker time and uh, because Christian McCaffrey was running all over the Rams defense. Outside of that, I thought they played. You couldn't ask for a better performance. I guess you can as far as production from the pass rush, but for the most part. They did what they wanted. They, you know, they kept them to a couple hundred yards passing, hundred yards rushing, but they kept it in front of them, and uh, they got off the field for the most part when they needed to. Yeah, it's really interesting because I thought overall they were pretty successful. I know we had gave up twenty-seven points, but <clears throat> if you went into the game and offered me. 239 yards passing from Cam Newton, no touchdowns and an interception. Obviously, I'm taking that immediately. If you throw four catches for 36 yards from Greg Olson, yeah, of course. No other. Uh, you know, receiving options above 80 yards outside of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I'm taking all of that. The one thing, you know, that you worry about is running backs and this defense, they carve us up. I think the thing we'd say is we had maybe one, if not one of the worst, then maybe the worst rushing defense in the NFL last year. We started off 8-0, we went 13-3, and went to the Super Bowl. So clearly, rushing defense is not a premium in this era of the NFL. We're proving it. We proved it yesterday by getting another win. Maybe part of it is just outscoring your opponent, but I feel pretty good about that when we're having bad days from Jared Goff and still having the game we did uh, and not getting anything from Aaron Donald. But he controlled that entire game plan. Um, And give them credit. They did a good job, right? There have been teams that have tried to run that kind of game plan on the offensive line alone, but also systemically that haven't had anywhere near that success with Aaron Donald and, and the Rams defense. So I, I was impressed with the Panthers. They mitigated, they mitigated Aaron Donald. He was not a factor as far as you know, destroying their game, right? So, give it, how many how many teams can you say that about? Not many. Sure. Uh, New England in the Super Bowl, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> I yeah. I mean, but, that, but that's the level of performance we're talking about, right? Yeah, they played really well in the Super Bowl. They didn't lose that game. I should I'll, right, I'll take that back. Yeah, well, that's, they can both be true. I think teams are going to try to do that. It's the, the Patriots model or the Bears model, even the Lions from last year. Let's try to take Aaron Donald out and make everybody else beat you. Um, but they have the horses to do it. Akeem Talib and Marcus Peters, other than Peters having a dumb penalty, you, you know, they were pretty solid. Rap, uh, John Johnson, they played pretty well. Cordy Littleton played really well. He's the new Alec Ogletree. You know, lots, lots of splash plays uh, and not a great against the run. Uh, you know who else wasn't great? John Fossil's guys. This was weird. Have, how often have we said that about the Rams special teams? Uh, pretty unusual. That they're the, you know, goat that, scapegoat, I guess, that's having to take some of the criticism. But they sure as shit de- deserved it yesterday. Yeah, they were, they were stinky. Uh, block, 
Did they actually get the finger on the first punch, or the hacker just I thought it was... screwed, it up, it screwed it up? They affected that first punch. Like he came back with a boomer the second time, which like, all right, we're back. And then you know the block in your face, and that that led to some points as well, right? They blocked and had the ball on the like ten yard line or so. So that immediately was uh, an impact on their on their on the game. Um, their coverage units didn't really annoy me, but JoJo Natson filled in a punt inside the five. Um, I'm thinking heels on the ten. The ball goes over your head. Did not go to the end zone. So. Lots of miscues. It wasn't just one. It was multiple. And that has to do with guys stepping up and no longer playing special teams. Bryce Hager was a star special teamer for them last year. Now he's a starting linebacker. He's probably not going to play as much on special teams. So you've got new guys filling those roles. You had uh, Reader. You had uh, Netris Patrick. You had uh, Scott. You've got all these new guys to the team, and they're special teamers. They're going to have to get coached up quickly because that's that's not a hallmark of, of what – John Postle's special teams units do. Um, who's your star of the game? Give me your one, uh, however you want to define it. Rob's Bob, your favorite player of the game. Who would you give it your uh, Rob? I'm going to go with uh, Corey Littleton. I thought he was he was impactful. It's hard to take it away from him. Um, you know, as much as I said he's not a, a great run defender, he's good enough, and he makes splash plays when you need him. Uh, he showed up in the Super Bowl. He showed up again here. He shows up at special teams. Uh, Carlton uh, deserve deserve a nod as like you know a star of this game. Todd Gurley's second half maybe has maybe Todd Gurley in the last two drives because those I thought last he was two that drives star. man he was fantastic. He really yeah, so well, I'll go with Littleton. Who do you got? Uh, I got Malcolm Brown as a nominee um, to be mm-hmm. able to go into that role after waiting for years and never having the chance to do that and stepping up that ten yard or whatever run in the red zone was stupid good. Two touchdowns to go with it. Uh, I'll throw Taylor Rapp in there as a nominee first game ever. And he looked not like a rookie. He looked uh, really capable. And I guess uh, I, I, I'm not sure I could get more excited for him. Cause I think he's a damn fine player, but I think he showed it in his first game ever. And uh, really excited to see him moving forward. Obviously Littleton had a fantastic game. Cooper cup, another nominee for his return and getting seven catches on those 10 targets. Uh, but I'm going to go with two guys. I'm going to go with no boom and Allen as much as people, hey were concerned with them, they weren't bad. And I, th- I think that's, if you're being realistic about a third and fourth round pick who are just starting, who got the first starts of their careers and played as much as they did, they weren't bad. And if I if we had told everybody who was concerned about the O-line that, hey, at least for week one, they're not going to be bad, I think everybody would have been pretty pleased with it. Yeah, if, if you if you look at the concerns of the game going in and what actually happened, uh, Allen and Nopun's play is going to be down towards the bottom. Yeah. We highlighted some other things we're concerned about. Those two were not. Uh, how about how about Higgs? Can he be a star of the game? Because we got to use the HYGZ uh, moniker on Twitter. Higgs. Um, I, the, the weird thing about Higgs is like it's such a pedestrian game. I mean, he had the touchdown, yeah. but he had five targets, four catches for twenty. It, it was a perfect Higgs game, right? That's exactly. <laughs> that was, you, know, you, you nailed it. It's, it's, it's what you want from Tyler Higgs. Um, moving on, we're going to get to week two. We're going to talk to Joy later in the week, but uh, Saints coming on board. What, what? Give me, give me something that's at the top of your mind when you think about week two. When you think about the Saints, obviously they haven't played their Monday night game, so we don't know what they're going to look like coming out of week one. But at least in terms of the matchup as it sits up right now, uh, the matchup itself, um, I think Goff needs to be better, flat out. We need, we need Jared Goff from the championship game, Jared Goff, and not Jared Goff from last week. We need, uh, we need Jared Goff to play better because. It's no secret that this is 
a game that's been circled on not only the Rams calendar, the Saints calendar for sure, Sean Payton's calendar, uh, NRC's calendar, but uh, just football fans in general. I think people, I think the NFL is going to build this up as, uh, you know, because of the, the NRC play and the new rule. Uh, there's going to be mention of that play over, how many times are they going to show that play leading up to, up to the game? On the NFL Network, on Fox, during the telecast, they're going to show that play probably uh, over under 50 times. It's it's just how it's going to be, and so a lot of builds around that. And I think Jared Goff has got to be good. We can't. I'm not sure you get away with with what we saw yesterday and still get the W, unless the Saints are garbage and they fall in the face, and then forget it. But you know, going into it from what we know from last year and just the hype and the buildup. I think Jared Goff needs to be better. Yeah, and what's weird is if you look at the two games against the Saints regular season and the playoffs last year, he was better in both of those games than he was this weekend. So, you know, maybe maybe you just kind of yeah. like the Raiders game because remember last year we had the Raiders week one. We got the Cardinals week two. So we had this opportunity to rest the guys in the preseason, play a pretty poor Raiders team, play a pretty poor Cardinals team, and ease into the season. We didn't get that this year. We had the Cardinal or the Cardinals again, damn it. The Panthers on the road week one. And now you got the Saints at home. Here, here's kind of the thing on top of the head that I'm looking forward to is the environment at the Coliseum. This is the last season at the Coliseum. It's the last year before we move into the new place. That's going to be its own kind of storyline in 2020. Um, but this game has so much of an aura around it because of what happened last year. That place is going to be buzzing hours before the game, man. It's, and because it's not an early kickoff like this weekend. How many how how many Stone Cold Steve Austin's like Tommy are going to be out in uh, in the parking lot pre gaming getting ready for this thing? It's going to be packed. Can you People imagine the NFL films version? The smell of marijuana coasts over the Coliseum. People are going to be amped up and ready for this thing. Like you said, it's the last game last year for the Coliseum. Um, fans have shown they've they've come out for bigger games. Maybe not every game, but they they get into it. This no no bigger game on their schedule early on outside of this and the Bears uh, as far as their home schedule. I think fans are really looking forward to this, and I expect a good atmosphere. I know we have a number of people are traveling in town for this game. It's uh, it should be it should be a fun one, and it should be raucous as as raucous as the call. With tequila is. cascading down her face, she proclaimed her love for the Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> Anything else from the NFL week one? Any general observations? Kyler Murray with the comeback, the Browns falling on their face, 49ers being able to pull out a win. What do you think, man? Anything? I mentioned to you a slack earlier. Injuries. The Rams got up with With a cut head to Weddle. He'll probably play this week. We have to go through the concussion protocol, but he was pretty. Pretty active last night. I, I expect we'll see him back. And uh, other teams did not luck out in that way. Uh, Injuries all over the place. Nick Foles is gone for a number of weeks. You saw Mahomes twisted ankle. Tyreek Hill is out. Devin Funches is guys. People Ooh. dropping right and left. Our guys were not one of them. Thank you, Reggie Scott. Yet again. So that was that was a big. I mean, you could look at the, the Pittsburgh Steelers offense without without AB and LaBelle looking terrible. How frustrating it was a damn game. Tired of the Patriots! Send them to Mars! Always did their stupid banner. Uh, but yeah, you had a, we had a tie yesterday. Uh, what else did we have? We had uh, the NFC West went undefeated yesterday. Seahawks managed to squeak out a win against a Cincinnati Bengals team that actually surprised me that they stuck around. Or they knew that the Seahawks were terrible. John, 
John Ross found a, a use. Zach Taylor found a way to use John Ross. They also uh, found a way to use no, old, uh, what's his name, the safety at the back, TT. TT. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Tedrick Thompson. I, I, those are my, those are the things I noticed. Was mostly the injuries that other teams had them, but we did not. So yep. I'm very, very fortunate in that respect. Nope, that's a good one. All right, let's do a little college recap, Robo. I'll let you vent. Okay. For you, this is top. Obviously, this isn't the one A story for college football, but. Your boys, before the season started, we talked about not, not uh, you know, a perfect season, but what a good season would look like for you guys. Welp, this is not what we <laughs> talked about. Can I, can I readjust my uh, model on what I think a good season for the UCLA Bruins might be? I'm going to throw the seven wins that I thought might be a good season for this team out the window. And right now, I'm simply looking at if I can get four, if I can get four out of this group, uh, maybe I'll, I'll feel like we turn things around. Because right now, losing on the road at Cincinnati and at home to San Diego State. Right before, they, they, they were, I know Chip's going to say it, they were looking, they, we looked past them, we were looking forward to Oklahoma. Oh, man, brutal. Oklahoma, what, how many well, The problem now is, you got your open two with Oklahoma now at Washington State after that. You guys could start, or it sucks. I'm sorry, you have my sympathy. We'll get through it together. On the other side of LA, though, Wait, what? USC is 2-0. and That JT Daniels is out, but their freshman, Keaton Slovis, looks fantastic. Lynn Swan resigned. There's a lot of reason to start buying for the Trojans right now. No, there's never a reason to start buying for the Trojans. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, but yes, you guys who, who support that terrible team, yes, there's plenty of reason to be optimistic and happy. Um, I was trying to be nice, and she was not. No, you weren't. Nice. That's a lie. <laughs>